Good morning, doctor. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ara. I'm doing great. Thank you I've been me. I've been waiting a long time to share a conversation with you because I, I study Native American spirituality and totem animals, and what you share inside this book is so, so close to, and people need to know how important this book is. Well, thank you. I truly appreciate that. When you stepped out into the world, when did you realize that animals gave us stories back? You know, I wrote the book out of frustration, right? I see people suffering from disease every day, whether it be Alzheimer's or cancer or others. And we've been on this earth a million years, still have these animals. And so can we learn from them ways to improve our health, hack our system, if you will, because of their behaviors? I went to the world's expert in all these creatures and I started to tell them, here are the hallmarks of Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, longevity. What can I learn from your animals? And story by story made me more and more excited that we can learn from them how to act differently and really change our health today. It's it's so this is every bit the reason why I live in a forest and this studio sits 23 feet above the forest floor because I sit here and study animals. This morning we had three doe and one buck. And what I love about watching the deer is they're always calm. They don't they don't run unless they feel fear. But why did they feel fear that? And that's what I'm going to learn from this book is that you allow me to step inside even the different characters of the animals. It's pretty wild. You know, you're right about those animals. Every animal in nature is actually looking over its shoulder, yep. right? Whether you're an elephant and you're worried about your child, whether you're a lion, you're worried about your cub or a deer, you're worried someone's going to eat you. You know, we built our homes as in a sense a zoo and we became a zoo animal. We block that fear. So you need to figure out ways in your life to become uncomfortable. Um, and that uncomfort, if you will, that's what stimulates our brain. That's what slows cognitive decline. That's what actually over time gives us the ability to feel hope and optimism. And so we can't lock ourselves in. We have to open up like the animals do. How does the squirrel help us out when it comes to chronic pain? Because it seems like everybody's moaning and groaning these days, but we can learn from the squirrel? Yeah, so it turns out squirrels and pigs have been studied with pain. Um, and, and pain is in the brain, right? It's how oh, you yeah. sense things. Yeah. So the same stimuli to you and someone down the street, you can have a lot of pain and they can have little pain. It's it's not the stimuli, it's how your brain responds to it. So in a, if a pig actually shares its meal with others, its pain threshold changes. And so altruism makes the good hormones in the brain go up. You feel good when you help somebody it lowers your pain. And so we need to really look at our brain in that way, that we can control pain by how we do and what we do. It's an amazing, optimistic kind of different way of looking at things. Well, one of the things that you introduce inside this book that I'm not familiar with is a cheat sheet. What What is this and how can we incorporate this into our own personal lives? So our, our creature cheat sheet is basically what we can learn from each creature. You know, I was in Africa and, you know, the, an elephant walks by and cockily. I say to the, the guy, there are 40 to 50 times bigger than us. Yeah. And every time a cell divides, it can get cancer. Therefore, they must have lots of cancer. He looked at me and said, elephants get no cancer. So it turns out that uh, you and I have a gene called P53 that corrects error in DNA from inflammation. We have one copy. Well, every elephant on every continent has 20 copies of this gene. Yeah. So here's a way over time that if we can recapitulate, we can prevent all cancer. But today we can learn we have to block sources of inflammation. So whether it be downmodulating it with a baby aspirin a day, which will reduce the death rate of cancer by 30 percent, 
or those Lipitor Crestor drugs or blocking inflammation from starting by changing our behavior. That's critical to preventing cancer. One of the things that, that I enjoy doing is, is taking a stroll through this forest because I know that the other animals are out here. And I always feel like that you, we, you talked about belonging and helping and things like that. Just, just helping out an, another wild animal would, would help us better, would it not? Yeah. I mean, when you come home and you look at your dog's eyes, your hormone called oxytocin, the love hormone goes up. Yeah. Well, that hormone turns out to lower blood pressure, change all of your health parameters. So just looking in their eyes makes you feel better. And I think that's the part of the reason why people who have pets live longer than people who don't. Mm. See, that's every bit. The, I, I've always believed this. I didn't rescue nine dogs from the shelters. They rescued me. And it's, it's almost like nature is saying, OK, yeah. that when when this one transitions, there's going to be another one that's going to be there for you again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were made we're social creatures. Yeah. And so, right, and the more creatures you have around you, whether they be a dog or a spouse, that's fantastic for living longer and better. Yeah. Giraffes and cardiovascular issues. I This shocked me when I read this. It's like, what? You know, if your blood pressure was like a giraffe, 300 over 200, wow. your doctor would admit you to an intensive care unit. <laughs> yeah. But giraffes can actually tolerate a blood pressure that high. And what's interesting is they have one of the largest hearts on earth because they have to pump blood all the way to that brain. They've evolved the ability to do that. You and I have very small hearts by comparison. When you sleep at night, if you sleep with your head above your heart, your heart would have to push to overcome gravity. And you actually don't get good or deep sleep because you can't do that. Really? So if you sleep with your heart and your head around the same level, you get better deep sleep and you feel more restored the next day. That's why people with shoulder surgery who have to sit sleeping up never get good sleep. Oh my man, I'm I'm a pillow guy. I mean, I have to have the more pillows, the better. I just I just learned something here because of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, long term, it's a good idea to try to get that head and the heart. We call isogravity at the same level wow. or close. Wow. What is it about an anthill that captures the attention of so many people who would like to just sit there and watch it? Is it the peace and serenity of watching people work together, or is it the fact that we don't know what what's happening beneath the ground? Pretty cool. There are people who spend their entire career studying ants, and the wildest thing is, you know, if an ant gets sick. He or she leaves the anthill and they stay about 10 yards away. And if they get better, they go back. If they don't, they die outside. They never bring disease into the anthill. That queen ant that gives birth to all the other ants, she lives 40.5 years on average. The worker ants, same genetics, live six months. So it's not the genetics that determine how long they live, it's the behavior. And that's the same as in humans. We're in charge of our own health. And I think that's an optimistic, powerful way of looking at things. Mm, mm. I raised pigeons as a kid, and I have three doves right now. There is something about the way they move their heads that could help us, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, pigeons are amazing. They're looking out, getting visual cues as they move their head in the different Mm -hmm. directions. And the visual cues help them. They deliver messages during World War I. Um, and they were amazing in that regard. But we as humans, we evolved to hunt and gather. And he or she who can make their way back to the village survive. So physical activity and pattern recognition are key to our brain. So we have to redesign our lives to enable that. So drive a different way to work every day so you actually stimulate that. 
rearrange the furniture in your bedroom once or twice a year and you will slow the rate of cognitive decline. Oh my God. Simple things like that. And once again, this is every bit the reason why people need to pick up your book because it gives you the opportunity to, to, to accept change as well as to grow with the change. And it was a privilege to do this. I mean, and listen, part of my role as a doc is to educate. And so to get information out there so people can today act on it. And it's a sense of optimism. What's going on with artificial intelligence is going to radically change health over the next years. And if we can act today to prevent or delay disease, we're all going to benefit from those amazing things that are happening. Wow. Where can people go to find out more about you, doctor? Because they need to really dig into who you are and how you've become. Well, like everybody, I've got a website, davidagus.com, A-G-U-S, but the book is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of your local bookstores. Um, please uh, use it to learn, and I really care to try to make people live better and longer. I love it. Please come back to the show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you, Arrow. I appreciate it. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? You got it. You too.